We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, we got Ryan Walsh on the line. And Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. And this is going to be a great conversation because we frankly haven't had a lot of hard money lenders on the on the call. Um, so uh, we're going to start from the very beginning and just uh, let people know what hard money lending is, what you're looking for, or what typical hard money lenders would be looking for. Uh, just kind of getting the ball rolling. But why don't we start things off by you introducing yourself to our listeners. Yeah, sure. So first, thanks for having me, Jack. Really appreciate it. Uh, so I'm, I'm with a company called Hard Money Bankers. Uh, I've been with them for about four years now. I'm a vice president and principal of their New Jersey branch. And we are unique when it comes to lenders. Uh, we, we're local lenders. So it's me and I have three partners and we each cover our certain states. And uh, they've been, they've, Started back in 2007, um, two lender partners, one in, in D.C. and in Virginia. Um, and basically, we've grown uh, another partner of mine and myself since then. And, and here we are 13 years later. Uh, so we actually started in the last crash, the, the 2008 crash. We, we mm-hmm. started in 2007. And because of the 2008 crash is why our business boomed. So I'll get into this as we go. Uh, but right now, given the situation of what's going on, where we are with the world today with coronavirus, uh, our business has been designed uh, to do well during this moment and um, be able to help people get through this in the real estate world because right now it can be a scary time for people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially newer investors who, who are now probably instead of being on the fence of diving in, now they're on the fence of going out and hopefully we're here to kind of encourage them to no, keep going. Like now, now is the best time to dive in actually yeah, is our opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're privately funded, which is why we're, we're able to, to do what we do. And what that means when you're talking about, when you're talking to a hard money lender, you are going to be talking, uh, you're typically trying to use our money to help you with a, a fix and flip or a buy and hold, right? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're trying to rent out a property, uh, you may not have all the cash at, at hand. So you, you would contact us and say, hey, can you, can you give us some funds to buy this property and also fix it up and then we'll sell it or like I said, rent it out. That's how, that's why you would use a hard money lender. So it may not even be just because you don't have all the funds. In fact, a lot of our borrowers have millions of dollars mm-hmm. and you'd say, well, why, why do they use you? Right? It's all about leverage. Uh, you want to leverage your money. You don't, you don't want to put all of your money in on a property because let's say another good deal walks by and you put all your money in, in, in one, you just, right. uh, you know, invested all your money and you, now you can't go into this other property. So you use our money to go into one deal, two deal, three deal, four deal, five deals all at once. So mm-hmm. you're, let's just say you saved up $20,000 or $30,000. Right. That's equivalent to $150,000 buying power when you use a hard money lender. So, I mean, that's just the overview of why you'd use a hard, hard money lender real fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, is that, is that, is that okay for? Yeah. For yeah. That's, that, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, so could you talk a little bit, let's, let's start at the beginning when it comes to a lot of people, 
uh, you know, they're, they're a little shy when they're approaching mm -hmm. any kind of bank, you know, you got bank in your name. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how a hard money lender would see a deal uh, versus like a traditional bank? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a very good question. So first of all, don't be timid of talking to a lender. In fact, talk to us now, even if you don't know anything, it's okay. I, I get the phone calls all the time and they say, Hey, never done a deal. Don't really know what I'm doing. Just trying to line up. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Lost my audio. I uh, just trying to line up, uh, the investor just trying to learn from you. What, what, like, let's say I do find a deal. What do I do? What would be my next step? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely have that conversation with us. Uh, it's okay. It's okay not to know what to do. In fact, I prefer you to openly admit that when we first talk, than you trying to pretend like, Oh, I've done five, 10 deals, right? If we catch you lying, cause you think that's what you're supposed to do. It's over. It's done. But if mm -hmm. you, if you're honest with us in the beginning, you just say, I've never done a deal. Say, great. Here's, here's how we work with you. Um, what that's going to mean for you if you've never done a deal before is typically you're going to need a little bit more cash. Um, so let's say th there's really two things a lender are going to look at. Uh, we're going to look at your experience and your credit score mm -hmm. outside of the property. So first of all, the first thing we're looking at is the property. We want that property to be a really good deal. And a good deal means you're buying it low uh, and your renovation numbers are accurate. Doesn't necessarily mean your renovation numbers are low. It means your renovation numbers are accurate. It's very important. Sure. Um, but we can still do a deal with you. But let's just say you are a 800 credit borrower and you've done 10 flips in the last two years. That's, that's what we call an, an A borrower. We can get pretty aggressive with our loan there. And what that means is I can probably go up to like 90% you know, of, of the numbers you're looking for. But if you're a new borrower, um, and or you have bad credit, what that means is maybe now I can only get 80% of those numbers. I can still give you a number, but my loan size won't be as large. Mm -hmm. So that's the only difference between being, being new and not. So I'd rather you tell me up front saying I'm new. Uh, I can guide you better in the sense of um, you, may, you may come to me saying, well, I think this renovation is going to be $10,000. Um, and I don't care where you are in the United States, even though every market is different, $10,000 is probably not going to get you a very strong flip, right? right? And it's okay that you said that to me. I can, I can tell you as a lender, I see this all the time where uh, you think it's a cosmetic only flip. That, that's what we get. It's cosmetics only. You get the property and you get behind the wall and there's molding and now you're $10,000 over budget right away. Mm -hmm. So, so we're, the, two, the three things we're looking at are going to be your, your experience, your credit, and then how accurate your rehab numbers are. That's, sure. that's what we really want to see. Yeah. So what, what can you lend on then? Are you lending for uh, the acquisition or you're mm -hmm. just lending for the rehab? When you say give us those numbers, what, what type of numbers are we talking about? Yeah, so we, we do acquisition and rehab uh, and closing costs, actually. A lot of people leave out closing costs because uh, just making up numbers here, let's say you're buying a property for $100,000, you're going to do a $50,000 renovation. A lot of people in their head are thinking that's $150,000 total. You're leaving out closing costs, and that, those are costs that you're going to pay the government. Uh, you're going to pay your title company. you got to cover insurance. Uh, your realtor might be in there. So those are fees that tack on very quickly. So 
that's probably closer to $160,000. Um, so our loan can cover that. Most lenders won't. Um, but since we're privately funded, we can do whatever we want with our funds, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but I want to make sure, I, can you, what's the question again? I want to make sure I answer that accurately. Yeah, no, I was just curious as to, you know, what, what you can lend on or what do you lend on, especially because, uh, you know, I've run into some banks who will only lend for the acquisition or only lend for the rehab. Yeah, so we do both. And it's for commercial or residential. As long as you don't live there, I can, I can lend on all of it. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why some banks don't do uh, acquisition or only do rehab is just their specialty. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to say lenders are like getting sodas or Gatorades, right? Coca-Cola doesn't taste the same as ginger ale. Right? There's so many different lenders out there. They all have their own flavor. They all have their own risk tolerance. Um, you just have to talk to them. You just have to find out saying, what do you like to do? What kind of fix and flips do you like? Uh, do you do acquisition? Do you do also renovation? Um, so it's just conversations. I mean, for, for us, we do, we do anything. As long as you're not trying to live there, because there's actually uh, legal reasons why private money cannot lend on owner-occupied properties. Uh, we can take a look at it for you. And, and usually it's, a, you'll, you'll hear numbers like, uh, we can do 100% re, uh, rehab numbers, and then maybe something like 80% purchase or 90% purchase. And mm -hmm. uh, we do it a little differently, um, but for the, just for the sake of conversation, uh, for the most part, it's 100% rehab, meaning so if you have a $50,000 renovation, we will fund that $50,000, and we'll keep that in a rehab, uh, an escrow account, which I can get into here. Um, and then if it's a hundred thousand dollar purchase, maybe we'll bring $80,000 to that. So that mm -hmm. way it's, it's 80% of the, the acquisition, $80,000 there. And then we'll also do $50,000 on the renovation. Sure. What kind of, can you give the people a, an idea of like the, the type of due diligence that they should mm -hmm. expect to be going through? when dealing with a hard money lender, you know, we've, we've used it a couple times now. And one of the things is the appraisal, you know, yeah. some of, some of that stuff um, is out of the ordinary compared to a traditional bank. So talk to that a little bit. Yeah. So we're even more unique when it comes to lenders than that we don't use appraisals. Um, so I, I can talk to both fronts. I can talk from our side and also what other lenders are doing. So we don't use appraisals, uh, which is what makes us pretty unique. We can do auction houses, we can do share sales, any of those properties you can't get into, uh, we can lend on because our numbers are coming strictly from our comping. It's been our skill set for 13 years. We know how to comp and, and how to do it comfortably. A comping just meaning you know looking at properties that are nearby the, the subject property, looking at similar similar size houses, similar style. We're not going further than 0.1 to 0.5 miles. It, depending on where you are, you know, um, if it's a very rural, very rural area, we might go one mile, but that's it. Mm -hmm. um, those are the numbers we're getting. And that's it. Whatever number we send back to you, we're good with. Um, but on your typical lender, they will, they will require an appraiser to, to come out. It's not really something you, I would even encourage you to do ahead of time. Um, because your lender's probably gonna make you pay for it anyway. Because uh, they'll, they'll say, hey, thanks for sending this over. Let's just say you did one ahead of time, trying to do your due diligence. They'll say, thanks for doing this, but you have to use our company. Right. So, and what an appraisal is, it's just somebody that goes out to the property, they're gonna 
look at in every room. They're going to nitpick every, every dent that they see in the wall, every scratch. They're going to come back and say, you know, based on my analysis of what, what is in this property uh, and looking at comparables, here's my uh, professional opinion. Now, that, that's what your traditional lender does. It's not what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for us, our due diligence that we're looking for from you is the accurate rehab number. So, so the, the two numbers that are, tell us the entire story, uh, because people say, how can you tell so much if you don't need like the appraisal, you don't need bank statements, you don't need any of that. Mm-hmm. There's two numbers that tell the entire story. It's what you think the property is gonna sell for, the, the ARV, so how much it's worth when you're done fixing it up, Mm-hmm. And then what your estimated renovation costs. Those two numbers will tell us everything we need to know about you, whether you're a new investor or a seasoned investor. Because I've done deals with new investors, and when their ARV is spot on and their rehab numbers are spot on, I know they've done their due diligence. Mm-hmm. I, they've, they've done their homework. It tells, the, it tells everything. So let's just say we try to keep the numbers easy because I know it can get easy to be lost on, in these things. Um, $100,000 purchase, if that's what you're trying to get, you're trying to buy a house for $100,000. Mm-hmm. And you're, as I was saying before, if you come in and say it's a 10000 renovation, that's immediately a red flag to us. Uh, right. But let's say it's a 1,000 square feet. And again, this depends on your state, depends on your township. So this, this varies greatly, but I'm just trying to ballpark for this. Let's say you'd say, I think it'll take $40,000 to renovate a 1,000 square foot house. That may be accurate. That might be right because you have to do the new kitchen. You got to do the new bathroom. You got to do all the windows, the doors, mm-hmm. uh, walls, floors. Depending on how old it is, you might have to do HVAC plumbing and all that. So it adds up very quickly. Um, and, and, and I like to say car, houses are like cars in the sense of as soon as you take it out of the lot, its value just drops significantly. Mm-hmm. So the cosmetic only ones are usually when people say, well, it was flipped in 2017. It's like, that's, that's true, but we're in 2020 now. If you want to get ARV numbers, it has to be equivalent to a brand new house coming up on that block right next door. Right. And that 2017 model, it's, it's not going to cut it anymore. So you, you would, if you want to get max numbers, you'd literally have to redo that, the bathroom and kitchen and whatnot. Um, so again, those two numbers tell the entire story. What your ARV and your rehab numbers, you, that's the skill set I always say. You get good at that, you'll be able to, you'll never lose money on a deal. You just, sure. you just won't. So. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about like, what, do you, what are your expectations then when let's say somebody gets deep into the rehab? Do you, is there a requirement regarding licensed contractors or can they do some of the work themselves? Where, where, does, that, where does that line get drawn? Yeah, so that is where things are the most great is the renovation. Um, and this is when you build a relation with your lender because it's very opinion-based. It really is. Um, and what I mean by that is everything ahead of everything ahead of the closing, it's all written, it's all legal, it's all, you know, to the T, right? But once you get into the renovations and the draws is what they call, that's where you need to understand what your lender is going to be looking at. So using the example of a $40,000 reno, their renovation. Let's say your first draw, and this is set up by draws. So, so typically five is the magic number. Uh, it's just what, what it usually is. That usually you will set up your project to be completed in five draws. So at $40,000 renovation, five draws, you're budgeting about $8,000 per draw. 
So let's say your first part of your project is to uh, demolition, take, take out the walls, uh, you take, take the old stuff out of the kitchen and things like that. Then maybe that'll cost you $5,000 uh, because it was a filled house. Um, and then maybe you also started uh, putting up some of the sheetrock and, and you're in $8,000 here. So what you would do is you would actually send, uh, you do the work, you do the work first, then you notify your lender saying, Hey, the work is complete. Can you reimburse me this $8,000? Sometimes you can work it out with your contractor, uh, you know, saying you get paid when I get paid kind of thing, but the work does have to get done first, usually for most, most loans. Mm -hmm. Um, and then basically we would send an inspector out just to verify the work, verify it was done. They take some pictures, they send it back to us. We're going to review that against your scope of work that you sent ahead of time. So you would have had to told us where you got your $40,000 renovation from. Mm -hmm. And then we make sure you're on budget, you're on track. And if everything looks good, we release that $8,000. And then you go fund the next part of your project. So for us, it doesn't matter if you are going to do the work yourself. We have people self-pay themselves. We're totally okay with that. Um, I know some lenders do require licensed contractors. Uh, we don't because basically what's going to happen is if the work isn't done or if it's not up to a certain level, like we're expecting ARV after repair value, we're expecting mm -hmm. ARV quality work. If it's not there, if you know, the, the sheetrock's hanging from the wall, we're just not going to release the money until, until it's up to, up to par. Sure. So, so the beginning is usually when it's pretty relaxed. Um, meaning it's, it's, we want to keep your hammer swinging. So we're going to release that money. We're going to give you that $8,000. Uh, maybe the first even two draws are pretty good. Now when you get in the back half of the budget, it's, we're, we're tight. We're, we're making sure this work is getting done because, uh, this is, most people are honest. I, most people are honest and it's good. This isn't an issue, but for those dishonest customers that ruin it for everyone else, mm -hmm. uh, is where lenders have to be very careful. Because we've had people try saying, oh, I, 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 they'll put all the windows in, like physically, not, not in the slot, but they will put the windows in the, in the house. We'll send an inspector out and they'll say, but I bought all the supplies. It cost me $5,000. Uh, this, this was many years ago, a lesson, a lesson we learned from it. We released the money to them. We found those windows in another property he was doing and he never put the windows in the property we were doing. No oh boy. So... Yeah. Yeah. So it can get, it can get pretty hairy, but that's why, you know, we're, we're careful as, as you're moving along. And then when you get bathroom and kitchen by far the most important items, that's, that's, what's going to sell a house more than mm -hmm. anything. Unfortunately, those are also usually the last two items done in a rehab. Right. So if they're not done yet, you know, we're holding on to our, we're going to hold on to that 20 grand. Let's just say we got down to 20 grand. We're going to say, you know, make sure the bathroom and kitchens are moving and then I can release it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say talk to your lenders, see what they're going to be looking for. We look for kitchens and bathrooms. So we actually have some people that now just do that first. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, they don't care. They'll, they'll do the walls later um, because they know we are so much more relaxed once the, the kitchen and bathroom's done. You know, it's, we're, not, we're not worried about the rest of the project. So talk to your lenders, see what they're looking for. Uh, talk about the draw schedule. Your scope of work is, is pretty much... Uh, going to be the guideline for the project. Um, now it can be tweaked because things happen during the project for sure. Uh, not everything goes to plan. We know that, but what you won't get is more money from your lender. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared. We, 
So let's just say you have a $40,000 renovation. Um, you want to have it at least ten to $15,000 sitting on the side, knowing that your lender is not going to cover it. So mm -hmm. you as a borrower wants that. Uh, because if, like I said, if that, there's an un, unexpected mold, uh, we've had unexpected septic tank inspections fail, uh, and that's all of a sudden 25 grand that we, we I mean, we, I'd love to help you, but I'm already at my max, my max risk here, so I can't help you. So that's where it gets scary for, right. for new, new investors is the rehab. But if you have the reserves, there's nothing to be scared about. You plan for this. Mm -hmm. um, and, we, and, and our best borrowers, they give us the scope of work, and then they include, they ask for a larger loan up front of another 20%, not, not, you know, some people say it's hold on five, 10%, hold on at least 20%. Um, and honestly, you're gonna use it, you just, you just will. Because wh whether you don't use it for something that came up and went wrong, you're gonna use it for, um, you're gonna say, you know what, I have a little bit of extra money here. I think if I can maybe add a fireplace here, that's gonna, it'll make money later, right? Mm. So. So I always encourage you overestimate your rehab budget. Um, don't worry. If you come in under, that's more scary to a lender. A lot of people think it's the opposite. They're like, oh, no, I can do this in like five, 10 grand. No, no, no. That's, that's way scarier uh, to us than somebody saying, I think I can do it in 50 grand. And I'm thinking in my head, well, you could probably do it in 30 to 40, but I, I'm, I'd rather you err on that side sure. uh, because that, that we can work through and you're still going to get this house sold and you're still going to make money. Yeah. No, we we're always uh, have have mentioned that there there's always rehab creep. There's mm -hmm. either rehab creep or something you don't expect. It, it it every time. Every time. You never you never can plan enough for that. What I think is interesting though and I've never thought of it this way but it's almost as if you're acting as a project manager uh, on on the behalf of the lender. I mean, if, if, if a person sees it in that aspect, it kind of keeps things not only on budget, but on a timeline. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're spot on there. I, we are a resource for it, it, A lot of people don't look at their lender as a teammate. Um, they, you know, you kind of look at it as just, just shut up and give me my money. Right. Which is mm -hmm. fine. We do have some borrowers that do that. Um, but use us. We're, we want you to succeed on that project, uh, arguably more than you do if we put more money into it than you have. <laughs> right. so, so we're here to help you. Um, now, we're not going to go to the township and we're not going to do the work for you, mm -hmm. um, but we will certainly guide you as best we can uh, because foreclosure, uh, you know, the, the F word there is, is, is a painful process. It is not something we want to go through. We want to do everything we can to avoid that. And all of that information gathering ahead of time is all about avoiding that single process. So if that means, you know, guiding you on your scope of work saying, uh, you know, where's your plumbing? You, you, it's not in here. Did you, did you look, you know, for whatever reason, maybe your contractor missed it. Um, it I, we haven't had anybody miss plumbing yet, but I'm just trying to be obvious with, with mm -hmm. that. Um, so, so yeah, we, we are absolutely a resource to, in a way, project manage. Yeah, we do want to work with you for sure. Um, and, and bounce things off of us. Uh, whenever, whenever people give us their, their information, uh, whether it's the ARV or their scope of work, don't be afraid to give us a call and just say, hey, you, what, are you, what are you guys seeing here? Does this sound right to you? Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
sometimes we, we get, um, we're going to be lower on our loan size than what people expect. They're saying, why, why aren't you giving me a hundred thousand here? You're only giving me 80,000. I'm going to say, well, I saw this comp that was three houses down looking at looking in the MLS, the renovation looks pretty good. So what did you look at that? Like what, what's the difference between that property and what you're going to do? Talk to me on that. I mean, a lot of times they'll say, you know what? Yeah. I I don't think my property is going to be much different than that. I think I was overshooting my numbers there. And what that means is you can now go have a conversation with the seller. You can show them the numbers. It's not something you need to hide from sellers. You can say, I'm trying to make money here. This isn't, this is my job right? Um, here's what it looks like. Here's what my bills are. Cause I'll give you a term sheet and say, here's what it's going to cost you. And you can just go to the seller and just say, this, this doesn't make sense for me to take this risk unless I can get this for $10,000 less. Sure. And it, if you've done a good job in the sense of you've built the rapport with the, with the seller, they're usually okay with that. You know, maybe they'll meet you in the middle, uh, but it lowers your risk. And you know, it, it's just, it, transparency is, is definitely something we encourage from all ends. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, we're, we've been talking for a little while here now. Could we go back around now and just at the end here summarize if, if a person is going to approach a hard money lender of any kind, what are the few things they could have in hand mm-hmm. that uh, just kind of gets the ball rolling and makes the, makes life on both sides easier? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the only, the only few things I need are the address, your purchase price and renovation. Yes, that's that's the minimum, and, and that is what people say. If somebody came to me with this, though, I would be, I'd be very impressed, and that means you're getting better numbers for me immediately. Which mm-hmm. is, you're going to send me uh, send me the MLS listing of it, um, preferably an attachment of it, maybe from your realtor if you don't have access to it. Uh, you're going to send me some of the comps you're looking at, mm-hmm. maybe even why you're looking at them. Uh, send me send me your credit scores uh, ahead of time. Saying here, here's the, from the three bureaus. Uh, send me a list. Uh, if if this isn't your if this is your first deal, you may not have previous properties, but maybe you worked with somebody. Uh, you didn't sign your name on it, but maybe you worked with. Send those addresses, and you can even say, I you know I was not the signer of this, but I worked closely on this project. Um, those are the four things. Uh, if you want to add your bank statement in there. Usually people don't give that up ahead of time, but if you wanted to, I, I, I would just, I'd be floored. Um, it, it rarely happens, but that would be, that would be somebody who did their homework. And I, I would, uh, I'd be trying to, I'd be trying to win your business at that point. You know, it, ch- it changes the, the tune a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a good little package there. Sure. So, you know, and, and I hate to back backtrack a little bit too, but could you talk a little bit to what people should expect when it comes to fees and interest? associated with a hard money yes. lender? It's going to be high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going it's to be gonna more be, than you're used to, but I'm, you know, going to be more than you're used to. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the nature of the business in the sense of we're, we're just business. We're venture capitalists. That's all we are. It's no different than if you had a music website or starting your own company and you're reaching out to an angel investors. We do the same exact thing, except we specialize in real estate. That's the mm-hmm. only difference. Right? So, you look at us as a venture capitalist, not necessarily as, as the fees and whatnot. It's not really that. It's, it's okay, how much would you be willing to pay for somebody to give you $100,000 to start your business, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're not in real estate, you're, you'd be willing to give up 25, 30, 40% of your business to get those mm-hmm. funds. Uh, but since you're in real estate, you're going to be looking 
uh, a little bit lower because there's more, there are more venture capitalists, so to speak, more lenders that'll give you some better rates. So you're looking at anywhere, probably around 12% for a 12 month loan, because when you're in a hard money loan, you're doing a short term loan, mm -hmm. uh, which means uh, usually 12 months. That's usually the duration. So you want to be in and out before 12 months. Now there's no prepay penalties. So if you're out in three months, you've only paid three months worth of interest. Mm -hmm. And these are balloon balloon loans. So that means uh, if you take out a $100,000 loan, you pay back that $100,000 principal once you sell the house or refinance out if you're doing a buy and hold. Um, and so your payments ahead of, uh, are only the interest, interest only payments during mm -hmm. that. So you're, look, you're probably looking around 12%, a little bit higher right now due to the coronavirus. Um, but if things are normal, you know, you're, you're looking around 12%. And then you're closing costs so lenders including myself we collect our fee at closing and that you'll be you'll hear it referred to as points which is just mm -hmm. a fancy way of saying percent i don't know where that came from uh, but that's it's, it's how the real estate world works so usually you're going to see around two points anywhere from two to four points which mm -hmm. is two to four percent so if you take out a hundred thousand dollar loan you can expect two to four thousand uh, dollars to pay your lender and then there's additional fees on top of that. Every lender is going to have diff different fees. Uh, you'll have um, legal fees. So the lender is going to have to have their lawyer review the documents, but that's not coming out of their pocket. That's going to come out of the borrower's pocket. So legal mm -hmm. fees, uh, hours are $750, which is pretty good for legal. Um, you're going to have typically an appraisal uh, fee, which is what we talked about before. Hours is a little different than an appraisal, but we do send somebody to the property because we've had people try selling us burned down houses. So we do have to send somebody there to verify it's in the condition we discussed. Uh, but let's just say it is your normal appraisal. You're looking anywhere, depending on the type of property, anywhere from 400 to maybe a thousand dollars for those. And then usually there's a bank and origination fee, which is anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars. So you'd be looking at it. So the loan itself to do with the lender, because I'm not making any money on, on the back end fees other than the, the points are about two, $2,000 to $3,000 is what you can expect. Um, and then the points, which is now pays your lender, and then your monthly interest only are basically what payments go to fund our investors. Mm. So that's, you know, that's the inside scoop of how that money breaks down sure. when you do a deal. Yeah. So, you know, people just need to make sure that they're doing their due diligence to make sure that those numbers work in line with their expectations. Exactly. I mean, it could, it could be $20,000 in fees. If that's what it is, it's what it is. You have to work your numbers backwards to make mm -hmm. that work for you. Uh, fortunately, it's not that high. It's, it's, you know, much lower, but yeah, it's, it's all just a numbers game, making it work for you, but don't overestimate the ARV to make your numbers work. You have to buy lower to make your numbers work. That's the difference sure. there. Mm -hmm. um, are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, this is great. I mean, uh, I'm happy to answer any questions for anyone, whether you're new or experienced. It doesn't matter to me. Like I said, we're, we're more than willing to work with you. Uh, we do deals with new investors all the time. So uh, we're an open book. We try to be as transparent as possible. And, you know, we, we, we like professional and friendly and honest business. That's just, that's what we do. It's what uh, you should do as well, especially in the real estate world. Um, 
and that's pretty much it. I think I think I said Jack. <laughs> sure. You know, we should clarify that too, is that you do specialize in just in, in a few states, right? Yes, yes. So we're local lenders, uh, which is why we're a little bit unique. And so we, I mean, I probably should have started with this. We can close in 24 hours, uh, which mm -hmm. may not be impressive for a new investor if you haven't closed yet. Uh, but 24 hour closing is pretty much unheard of. It is uh, unheard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I post on Facebook, people are like, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, you're lying. Um, but we're not. And my record is actually 17 hours. But because we're local lenders, so I know the Jersey market. My partner knows the PA market. My partner knows the Maryland market. Um, so we, I mean, township, township, we know exactly what, what houses are going to sell for. So because of that, we are in uh, the D.C. area, basically from Virginia to New Jersey. Uh, we cover all that. So we're D.C., Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, PA, and New Jersey. Sure. So, yeah. And if people wanted to get a hold of you or had any additional questions, how would they reach out? Yep. You don't, you don't have to be in those states. I'm more than happy to help you if, if you're not. Uh, but you can, you can reach me at my email, ryan at hardmoneybankers.com. It's R-Y-A-N. And my phone number, 201-345-1036. There's not a lot of people that are daring enough to give their phone number on the podcast. So <laughs> I give you credit. That's my direct sell too. So <laughs> I'll get some midnight calls. May not answer, but I'll get them. <laughs> so thank you so much, Ryan. I'll make sure to include uh, those links in the show notes. And um, please, I, I hope we ha can do this again sometime. Absolutely, Jack. Really appreciate you having me. And yeah, here whenever you want. Appreciate it. Thank you. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content. And if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash house dudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at house dudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at house dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by HouseDudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. Tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. <laughs>